Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this, we're not even sure if we're going to record, uh, if we're going to publish this. Uh, totally. So if impromptu. you're listening to it, that we, we decided it. we did, yeah, we did decide to publish it. Or it's part of the the foundation's uh, Giga League, where where you have Ooh, uh, stolen this all is of the our secret, hot content. Yeah, this is the secret archive, and you're listening to this from the year 2054. You stole a prototype of a video game history hour, and now wow. you publish it on the internet. You jerk. Um, so honestly, this is really just like there's something that that both of us have sort of been stewing on for the last uh about 24 hours now yeah. um that and 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 i'd say it's not this individual event right it, it's more like a reminder of a broader thing so um do you want to explain the event that happened yeah, okay, so um, Forest of Illusion, which is uh, not just a thing from Super Mario World, but also a uh, preservation group um, that's been doing a lot of work uh, dumping prototypes, mostly, I think, almost primarily Nintendo stuff. Maybe they only do Nintendo stuff. They, they're very, they, they were uh, very, Nintendo. I guess, it's spoiler alerts. Uh, they were very Nintendo-focused, um, and and most of their work tended to be yeah they they were a group that um that digitized dumped you know um pre-release copies of games for the most part but they did other things as well but and, and a lot of it was sort of first party nintendo was was a big part of the focus um the the last thing they 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 put out um for example i thought was really cool was um a they digitized an entire gateway system. I don't think we've ever talked about the gateway on the show, but it's it was uh, Nintendo's in-flight entertainment system, and and as well as like in hotel. I think this was yeah. entertainment system, and specifically the Nintendo sixty four version. Um, they put all of those ROMs online, which are actually unique ROMs because they had the the two player functionality cut out. But anyway, Force of Illusion. Yeah, so um, they've. I think they've been around for about four or five years, maybe maybe a little longer, six years, something like that. Um, and, you know, just uh, one of these, this is how most video game preservation is. It's, you know, it's just like a one guy or a group of guys or whatever. Uh, how I started. Are, yeah, exactly. Passionate <laughs> about a certain thing and they go out and they do it. And they're not, you know, they're not like backed by an institution. They're not like a company or anything like that. Um they announced that they would be shutting everything down um, and not only shutting everything down, but they actually, you know, uh, I think is their website back now. They deleted as of last night, their website was uh, taken off the Internet. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that happened was just suddenly all evidence of this organization having ever existed was wiped off the Internet. So the website was gone. Twitter was gone. The Twitter Including... account of the person who ran it was gone. The. Uh, and I mean, all you discovered things, the craziest thing. Yes, and all of those things had actually been specifically excluded from the Internet Archive, which is yeah. only done when uh, when it's requested. I mean, and that, yeah. you know, theoretically could be requested by Nintendo or whatever, but, like, they probably wouldn't really have a case for it. Um, this was, you know, clearly specifically requested by uh, the people who ran it. And, you know, the, the reasoning, I, I don't remember the public statement. It was, it was something about... Um, hosting fees and things like that so uh our understanding of it here is that um it was a 
they were thinking of kind of winding down the project anyway. Uh, but something happened that that spooked them. Uh, this is not the first time this has happened, actually. Um, this is the second time I know of that that uh, Forest of Illusion was spooked by something and and uh, and ghosted from the Internet. Um, and it doesn't the, all of that doesn't matter. Right. Because like I said at the top of the show, this specific incident isn't what's important here. What's right. important here is is something that you talked about on on Twitter today that really inspired me to say, hey, let's just hit record. Let's let's just do something. Yeah, I mean, I think just to kind of start with basically where I started with that Twitter thread is, um, you know, it's pretty clear that this entire ecosystem of video game preservation um, relies a lot on literal individuals, you know, like people who have their own stuff going on. um, And uh, a lot of this work and particularly the kind of work that Forest of Illusion uh, did, you know, in order to be effective at it at all you know requires things like time lots of it um sustainable funds i mean us as a nonprofit that is almost entirely uh just individual donor funded we know how freaking difficult that part is you know sustainable funds to like keep a website running and everything and then you know perhaps most importantly legal risk that often falls on the literal people doing this you know Mm -hmm. they don't have like they're not like operating inside of a corporation that can, you know, maybe protect them from some of that. These are individual people who are putting themselves um, at risk to do work that is um, often at the very least gray area, if not yeah. worse. <laughs> and, and and let's just be clear too. It's, it's legal risk. Um, the, the kind of work the forest of illusion was doing is not something that, I'm aware of there being any legal action against, and this is not a shade on them. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's more to back up your point that like most of video game preservation historically has been on individuals without, you know, institutional backing or anything. And, and, and that includes, uh, <laughs> you know, having legal representation, right. Or, or even like, in a lot of cases, probably even thinking about whether something might be scary legally um, beyond a very surface level understanding of the law. And and so, you know, here's a case where I'm pretty sure that there was not even a, a cease and desist letter or anything. It's just something happened that spooked them, that made them think that something might happen. And and, 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 and to, then that's it, right? Yeah, um, and to be clear, like, I don't think it is crazy for, you know, when this is being done by an individual, for an individual to make that decision for themselves. Zero, like, zero shade. Let me be very clear about yeah, that. Zero shade. Yeah. That is a perfectly reasonable, um, you know, decision to make. Um, what is not reasonable is that, you know, the entire ecosystem of game preservation hinges on individuals Mm -hmm. not making that decision you know what i mean like that is that's the scary part is um i mean i don't know frank like should we just kind of go over what's kind of happened in the last like 12 to 24 hours with this sure um i'm not really sure where you're going with that but 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 go for it maybe i'll I'll okay i I mean so you know that happened last night. Not a lot of people noticed. Um, and then this morning, they kind of brought everything back online. 
um, to make an official statement and, you know, say they would be shutting down and everything. Um, This morning, I mostly watched like all of these, uh, because again, this is, this is an ecosystem. This is kind of like a spider web of um, communities that, that all talk to each other, but like, you know, I'm definitely most active in like two out of eight of them. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, you know, I was just kind of watching these different communities, like individually, uh, panic a little bit as, Mm -hmm. as is very reasonable. Like, okay, so is everything backed up on the internet archive? They, you know, they had 400, I'm, I'm making these numbers up, but like, you know, they had 450 releases. Do we have all 450 of them in one I think that's actually pretty close. I I know. (laughs) I I remember it being a 400 number. I can't remember past that, but, um, uh, you know, do we have all of those? Do we have literally everything they put on their website, all the articles and everything? I mean, people were basically just like, okay, like they can make this decision and everything, but like, do we have it all? Like, is this actually yeah. saved? And um, and then what I wasn't hearing as much, but what I was thinking is like, is the Internet Archive the only exactly. spot now? Is yeah. there, Do we have a one single point of failure for all of this information now? For, for hosting the information, yeah. And, and it's, and, and it's, you know, that's, it, it kind of got a conversation going in, in one of these communities. Um, I jumped in and that's what kind of got me fired up to, to do this. Um, yeah, we are currently relying on individuals working for free um on things that they are personally interested in um and we're relying on exactly one point of failure to host these files um and that's a really scary place to be and um that that is not to say that like I'll just say straight up, like the video game history foundation is not the solution to this. Like it's, heck you know, no, what? no, we, I, we are one point in that ecosystem exactly. and, uh, you know, we will maybe grow to be a slightly larger point, but we right. cannot be the end all be all. Like it, it's just, it's not, we can't like, afford to host one, one hundredth of the video game specific content that the internet archive hosts, you know, I'll say even if we could, that does not fix the issue. No, it does not fix <laughs> the issue, which is that the, the internet archive is where everything gets shoved. Um, and it's not a place to discover. So we also have to build tools outside of the internet archive to discover this stuff. So stuff like, uh, Hidden Palace, right? The, the Hidden Palace wiki of, of video game prototypes. Uh, you know, wonderful wiki, but it is essentially like a, a phone book for prototypes on the Internet Archive, right? Um, right. But, it's, it's it's almost a shell built on. I mean, it's not literally built on top of the Internet Archive, right. but like it is it's a way of organizing the Internet Archive on a different website. Basically. Right. And just that that specific part of it. Right. And and um, and, you know, Again, we're we're relying entirely on one host, and it is a host that um, that honors takedown requests uh, with little pushback, as far as I can tell. And again, that's no that's no shade either. Like like right, everyone's like, got to protect themselves, right? I mean, <laughs> this yeah. is a no shade podcast. <laughs> we are out in the sun. We love everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I, I mean this episode specifically the stuff we're talking about like we cast shade on other episodes i don't know but like the, the point is that you know it's it's not anyone's fault um and we know that the internet archive is already a point of failure uh for something that forest of illusion was fixing like the internet archive was the place hosting scanned back issues ancient back issues from literally the 80s of weekly famitsu the japanese magazine uh the japanese arguably magazine. one of the <laughs> most important video game public yeah. not even arguably one of the most important video game publications like globally hands down no doubt and and this magazine was hosted on the internet archive all this was scanned pretty much all of it if not literally all of it by uh hubs at gaming alexandria um was was on the internet archive they got a takedown they took it down there's just no more famitsu on or or allowed in the future on the internet archive or one host for this sort of thing so the backup plan was torrent files with links hosted on forestofillusion.com um that that has now failed uh so as of right now you know, you got you were already a in a guy. position where you had to <laughs> you had to ask around and someone had to tell you to go to forestofillusion.com to find weekly Famitsu links because that's the only way to do it. Also, there are torrents that are kind of confusing and it's not something you just read online. So it's already like I mean, I'm I again I say this is no shit because I'm talking about us. Like you you have to be a weird nerd to like understand like how torrents work and like what the three different scans that hubs did in this torrent are and which one you need to grab. And right. Well, like like a, like a college student who is just starting to study, you know, the history of a Japanese game company or something. And they're like, Oh, I should look at Famitsu. Like is not going to be able to uncover even what we had before today, which was go to forest of illusion. Um, And now it's even worse than that. Yeah. Now, I think this is a time to acknowledge, yes, there's easy solutions to fix this right now. We can <laughs> we can start FamitsuTorrents.com and put up links to these torrents that still exist and are seeded by individual computers. Yes, we can do that right now. That's a solution for right now. We don't have a solution for, I was going to say 50 years from now. We don't have a solution for five years from now. yeah for for this specific problem and it sucks and 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 you know we i think you know you you touched on this on twitter kelsey but um video game preservation is it needs to be people's jobs like it needs to be funded work yep with um <laughs> not just funded but like safely sustainably funded so that nothing disappears forever and and legally represented and and um a little more clean room perhaps than you know anonymous file dumping right and 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 like it's what we have right now is just not a sustainable model yeah and i, I mean i'm going to unpack that a little bit more yeah, so please. uh like by all of this is to say like you know it should not have to come down to because i mean there are some people who 
make money of some sort doing this because they have Patreons and stuff set up. Sure. And that is, uh, it, it is a start, but it is not a sustainable thing. Um, That's there paycheck are like, paycheck, you know what I mean? Exactly, opposed, yeah. yeah. There are, you know, I can count on less than one hand the number of jobs that there are in the world right now that are like, uh, you know, we pay you to focus on video games at this institution mm -hmm. and uh, and just, and even then, I mean, there's like, really, there should be like 10 at any, it's like, how many, how many people do you have on audio visual at like an right. average library, right? Like there should be that many for video games at least, but, um, you know, this, this right now is almost entirely in the hands of individuals um, for two, I mean, I think it all kind of comes back to the same reason. So like institutions kind of sort of in theory could be doing this work already, except that there are a lot of legal barriers that make what they could accomplish legally um, kind of useless. Um, and we talked about this a little bit in, uh, well, a lot actually in uh, the episode we did with uh, Gerard, the completionist with the eShop, the e but like, um, you know, a library right now might be able to dedicate a person and funds and everything to doing some sort of game preservation work, but their only method of sharing it is on site. Um, yeah. And I, most institutions at this point, I would say, are very well aware that like, that's not a particularly useful way of uh, sharing information with people. I mean, you know, it's, it's night, like if you're like the New York public library, like at least you're serving a like fairly large number of people, you know, you're serving like 8 million yeah. people in theory, but like you still aren't serving um, the entire world. You don't know if you're serving the people who are going to be interested in this work. And also a point that I think you bring up a lot is that like this work just isn't done sitting down at a library computer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But also what that's even missing is we're talking for the most part about digital records of one of a kind objects, you know, like, like we don't even have a solution for um, a used copy of metal gear solid two or whatever. Right. Like we don't even have that right now. Like we, we, so let, so we don't, we're not nearly to a place where like we have, um systems even theoretically in place for a sustainable version of the kind of thing that force of illusion did i mean like it's something that you know the video game history foundation is working toward with our limited resources <laughs> but um but it's it's just such a shaky I don't know. It's, it's, it's a house of cards, you know, like, like all of this, like it's, it's, it's just disparate efforts everywhere. And it's very reliant on, I mean, you know, the, the other sort of solution I'm hearing, just going back to weekly for me too, because it's such an easy target right now. Right. Cause it's like, okay, the, the two points of failure have failed. Right. <laughs> um, the, the third point of failure is, uh, a private torrent tracker website that I'm not supposed to talk about because it's one of the rules um, that does not allow invitations very often and um, is running at like a fraction of what it used to 
interest wise uh because i think of uh administrator drama um <laughs> like that's our third point of failure is like a very closed community uh and, and that's that's what we have right now for for, for, for weekly famitsu for for reading weekly famitsu on the internet like either personally know someone who can give you a torrent link and hope that people are still seeding it or know about this private thing that i'm not supposed to even tell you about (laughs) (laughs) and also hope that there people are still seeding it and that's what we have right now yeah and i don't know i think you the the point about like administrator drama and stuff too is just yet another like Again, it's the same thing as Force of Illusion going on down, right? It's the same thing. It's just things that individuals are always going to be the ones driving. Um, and I think you know, I think we should celebrate that and appreciate that, but I it should not be built entirely on the backs of individuals that can, you know, that can have things happen at any point. And I mean, they don't have to be things like drama or legal threats, they can be like you know, had a baby, got hit yep. by a car. Like, you know, yep. I mean, they're human beings that just have an individual, you know, each living a completely individual life. So, um, I mean, just to kind of round back to what I was saying about like this not being done at institutions yet, um, like I, the reason that a lot of them are not investing in it, and yes, we have a very long way to go to build that infrastructure once uh, the legal uh barriers are at least lowered um but yeah like they i don't know of many institutions and i could totally be wrong about this but like i've never heard someone from a from an institution be like yeah video games don't matter screw that it's just like it they they can't do anything about it in a in a useful or meaningful way and so why spend any resources when they could spend those resources being actually very effective in something like, you know, books or audiovisual media or something along those lines. Um, and I think that uh, there will be a lot of, at the very least, a really big handful <laughs> of institutions that will be excited to start like tackling the yeah. actual access problems, the actual like technology behind the access problems once they're like, oh, okay, we can... <laughs> We can at least start doing this and start sharing these, you know, theoretically uh, in a way that people will actually be able to get use out of them. I also think that in all similar circumstances, I could be wrong about this, but I doubt it. It starts with individuals figuring this stuff out. You know, I I don't I don't think this could have come from anywhere else. No, it is Um, absolutely built on the back of the enthusiasts, the individuals, mm-hmm. the like passionate people who um, didn't let it get to like silent film era extinction, uh, <laughs> you know, without a fight. Right. Exactly. Um, like, you know, we're, 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 we're both sort of of that first generation of people figuring this out. I feel like, um, and I mean, you certainly much more than me. I mean, you, you we're come both, from a time we're both where millennials here. I don't know. I, well, what I'm saying is like, you started in this sphere before every NES game was on the internet. Like, That's I true. can't say that, you know? Right. But, but I mean, I, 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 sure you're right. But, but the, the point is that like, 
this isn't institutional yet. The kind of work that we're talking about here. This just is not institutional yet. The closest that we have to this being institutional is a place like the Strong Museum takes physical objects that are like this, right? But but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the digital preservation and distribution of right. Uh, of rare I mean, material that is very is a, much under copyright. Yeah, and and the strong is a like really really good case study of like I mean basically why other people aren't doing this. I mean the strong is basically it's one of the only like you know big well funded whatever institutions that um, is collecting and preserving this stuff, and they are you know they are like dumping them uh, and stuff, but like they are operating under the laws that, uh, you know, every, you know, with legal stuff, it's always a little bit of a spectrum. And I think they tend to go a little bit more on the conservative side of that spectrum, but still like they are, um, they're doing what they feel like they can legally do, which is basically just say, Hey, come on site and we will help you as much as possible. And they, I mean, they're an absolutely fantastic archive. Um, it just, you have to go to Rochester to do it. Well, and... sure, but but also just to to back up what I was saying earlier, even like Andrew Borman working there. Andrew's been on the show before. Um, you know, is again from that first generation of of individuals figuring that out, right? And, right. And, and um, people like him and me and you uh, and and others that we're, we'll hopefully be seeing like figure out how to how to worm their way into these things like um that generation is starting to um i don't want to use the word grow up because that's not what i mean um starting to figure out like how to how do i do this sustainably how do i have a job doing this um, how do we affect how do we make this more effective long term uh sustainably and and make it i mean i mean you know your entire reason for starting the foundation not entire reason but like a big part of it was like you recognize that you could not just be that guy frank give it to that guy frank forever that was not like a long-term solution for anything right exactly um and i guess what i'm saying is that like this also isn't a doom and gloom show Right. Like the, the, the point I think is that we're only at the start of this, but that doesn't mean we're only at the start of something that I believe will um, become significantly better one day. But yeah, you know, much like when I started the foundation, it's like, well, that's not good enough for me because we're going to lose stuff no matter what. So I want to lose less right now. <laughs> um, and uh you know, I don't know. Do we do we even have like a, a takeaway other than this sucks? You know, like I, we... that's that was the my struggle with ending my Twitter thread too. Was it's just I mean, my actual takeaway is just uh, or or the thesis statement I guess is like it this kind of burden on game preservation cannot be shouldered entirely by individuals. That's just not sustainable. And we have at least ideas about how to start fixing that for the future. Um, And, and stuff we're working on. 
I mean, we, we talked about how we are, um, you know, going to try to open up the exemptions that institutions are mm-hmm. allowed to have for video games, which will in turn start creating more opportunities for games to be preserved um, at institutions, you know, at, at many of them, so that it, there's many, many, many points of failure that, um, you know, the more, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word that I'm trying to use, like when you have a lot of something, that is that is preservation. Uh, redundancy redundancy Redundancy, um is is preservation and so i mean i think we are on that road um but yeah the the not so fun takeaway is like kind of just at the beginning of that road and like dominoes are already starting to fall a little bit and uh i don't like it (laughs) um i think the other maybe takeaway i have is that um, everyone who does this work, by by all means, by by God, keep doing the work. Um, but I think we all start need to start thinking in like fifty year terms, and not like, can I get a ROM next week? Um, yeah, I mean, please, please start with today because you have course. to, of and course. then and then evolve you know, like, or think about evolution at least. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking back to our conversation with Gerard about the, the eShop purchases and, and how there was practically resistance to the very idea of, of um, making legal purchases of the entire eShop because piracy exists. And, and it's just, it's, that's a very short sighted way of looking at this material. And, um, I love that we have a lot of immediate solutions, um, to distributing work, you know, like the internet archive, we have torrents, we, uh, but, but this stuff, like, you know, I said this earlier, like I, it's actually still really easy for files to disappear. Um, Kevin Bunch, who's also been on our show, um, he, was working on um, something related to Haunted House, the Atari 2600 game. And there was an early prototype of it with fairly significant differences um, that he wanted to like evaluate to sort of have a greater understanding of the game's development. And um, the it is not in ROM sets, though it is dumped. It's just kind of not accessible. He could not find it the only way he even knew about its existence was the one personal website uh, from Matt Reichert, atariprotos.com that talked about it. And like Kevin had to ask Matt, Hey, can I have the ROM? Do you have it still? And he provided it. And Kevin's like an expert in his field who had to have all of this knowledge of like who to contact in the first place, you know? And this is like, a fairly famous for the era, like first party by Atari video game. Um, and, you know, the I, I was saying this earlier, like we, it's already clear to me that that era of games. Okay. Let me say this a different way. We're coasting on personal interest to keep any of this alive. Like that's what we have right now. Um, and I mean, we're victims of that too. And I'm not 
ashamed of that. I'm not no shade on us even, right? Like like a lot <laughs> of the work that we do is like driven by personal interest, but um if that's like all we have in the tank, you know, is like personal interest fumes, then well, people age out and die and like we're we we can't rely on that forever. So you know, a lot of that really, really early video game history, there's just not a lot of people who are personally invested in seeing it happen because, I mean, just speaking for myself, it's like, I'm just not that interested in playing Atari stuff anymore. Like, that's what I played when I was a baby, you know? Like, I don't need to play that ever again. And um, that doesn't make it uninteresting historically. And, and um, it's just... Yeah, we can't keep running on on these fumes of personal interest um, to to keep these things alive. We we need more institutional long term preservation, and and I don't know. Maybe we're just frustrated that there aren't more video game history foundations in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, gosh, the the personal interest thing is is such a huge part of like yep. what both when you think of what has been done and what it's missing, it mostly comes down to personal interest with maybe a smidge of like uh, technological know-how. What would Apple II be without (laughs) 4AM? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, mess. And that's one person. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like a lot of video game preservation right now is like knowing the guy or the, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know the person that is really into that specific thing. So absolutely, like I mean, you get pinged all the time as like the you know uh, unreleased NES guy or just NES guy, um, and yeah. even that's like kind of broad. Like there are people with uh, even more specific, like oh yeah, you're you want like Sunsoft? That's this guy, you yep. know. <laughs> like it's yep. it is. Um, it's cool that, and I very much encourage people to like go find a thing to be the guy of because we need more of the guys. But uh, at the same time, like that's not uh, that is not a construction like a, a safe construction for fifty years from now. Uh, but it is a good place to start. Well, being the guy is actually really good for construction, but. I, I feel anyway, like, like, because I think personal it's, interest is what it's not sustainable, I guess, well, but, but it's only gets done in the first place if there is a guy. Right. But <laughs> I think, I think the not sustainable part is there not being a phone book of all the guys, you know, um, mm. I'll, I'll just give an example. Uh, yeah. I became personally interested in what we'd call plug and play systems. So uh, self-contained controllers that have software embedded in them that have unique name. Um, I acquired quite a few that are not digitized online um, that are also interesting. There's plenty of these that are not digitized online that are trash, but like there's some that I acquired that are actually interesting. Like my favorite is um, one based on NES hardware and it has four completely unique to the system games. You know, they were never on cartridge or anything like that. Um, that are actually ports of Commodore 64 games from the 80s made by their author. Um, they're not like super famous games, but it's like, wow, in 2003 or something, 
this guy in France like ported his old 80s C64 games to the NES and they're all locked on this controller and um to try to digitize that like I just have personal institutional knowledge that you email a guy named Sean Riddle and you hope he has time you know like that that's where we are right like like Sean is the guy that you email that could like decap the 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 chips and try to figure this out um and is willing to do it again for free um and but like if i didn't know that i i don't you know what i mean like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how normal people do it you know like like i i you have to be like well connected to even sort of know who all the guys are um and it's again it's not a thing i know i, I think there's necessarily a solution for it's just it's scary how reliant we are on individuals and on personal interest and on institutional knowledge that's just not documented anywhere yeah yeah <laughs> I, have, I have like nothing to add to that i think what a we've bummer i uh i mean again i think the the positive takeaway from this is that like we are starting to kind of uh, rouse collectively to be like hey this doesn't this is not a good solution for the long term. Like we do need, we need a little bit more than this. You know, that's the bright side. Like, I think everyone's understanding this now. I think that an incident like this, uh, helps people sort of start seeing the cracks in the foundation. Right. Um, and starts people thinking about like, well, how do we, what's the long term thing here? Like, you know, we, we can't continue this tradition of like we just basically host files for each other because we're the ones who are interested you know like that that's kind of all we do right now um and i don't know i i was really um pleased with the level of discourse i am seeing in communities about like what do we do from here like um I'm I'm hopeful for the future. I, I I feel like video game preservation is maturing. Um, I'd like to believe we're playing a part in that. Um, and 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 I think the the future is much brighter. But again, it's like we can't just casually sit back and wait for the brighter future. Like we have to like push <laughs> things forward. Yeah. So that that future comes. Yeah, all of all of us involved in this right now, um, well beyond just the Video Game History Foundation. Like, uh, I, I think that everyone's kind of realizing, yeah, we can't just wait for like the person who will come in and fix it. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all kind of start doing it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Is that a good place to wrap up? I think so. It's a nice little forty-ish minute show. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think this is worth doing. I think capturing these conversations is, uh, um, I don't know. We're almost documenting our own history in a way. Um, I mean, these are our real time thoughts. Like I posted that thread and, you know, we had a a little bit of discussion in one of these preservation discords, but like that's. Kelsey and I I haven't really talked about this much at all. Like, since like we talked about it as it was happening, but didn't really get in depth. This is our first time talking about it. I mean, I literally told you yesterday, like I am, I have not figured out how to like 
word my thoughts yet. I don't even I know how I feel thoughts about yet. You know, yeah. other than annoyed. <laughs> like um but um yeah, I think I think this conversation's worth happening having and uh I hope uh I hope we've inspired some of you to to help sort of uh uh if not figure this out, at least like be informed, you know, like like understand the nuances of this stuff cuz um that's what drives progress. Um, okay, is that it? Are we? Thanks that's for listening. That's it. Yeah. Right. Thanks for having me, Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. We'll uh, we'll see you again on a regular episode of the Video Game History Hour. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Video Game History Hour brought to you by the Video Game History Foundation. If you have questions or comments for the show, you can find us on Twitter at Game History Hour or email us at podcast at gamehistory.org. Did you know that the Video Game History Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit and that all of your contributions are tax deductible? You can support this podcast and all of our other work on Patreon or at gamehistory.org slash donate. This episode of the Video Game History Hour was produced by Robin Kunamune. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.